onyxitstudios.com your home for all the podcasts that matter in this world on the road with thorhammer watchers on the couch the high files and rent is due check out onyxitstudios.com weekly for brand new podcasts some more frequent than others some of higher quality than others you know what that's not true they're all of fantastic quality of the highest regard thank you guys for listening and checking out our website please share anytime any of these episodes come up in your feed we truly appreciate it onyxedgestudios.com that is onyxedgestudios.kizzle Welcome to another episode of On the Road with Thorhammer. This is your pal Chris Nays, drummer of Thorhammer, also your host. I'm actually thinking about changing the name of the podcast to make it Sans Thorhammer. So I'm thinking about changing it to just OTR or On the Road, but I need to look into... If the handles are all taken on Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So, to be continued on that thought, but it is something that I've been thinking about doing. I'm coming to you from the Jeep in the parking lot of my apartments. It is the crack of dawn on Saturday morning. And it is cold. Uh, <laughs> What better time to uh, start a podcast? Well, there's a lot better times and places to have a podcast. But instead of that, because of my living situation, my significant other, Lindsay, is still sleeping. And that means I'm potting outside. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, Drinking coffee for the working man. Very good. Mike, that drink of coffee was for you. Hopefully my uh, dryness of mouth does not offend you too much. Well, since this is a solo podcast, um, I think I'm going to dig back into some Nays Drum history here. Right after, I give you a quick update on Thorhammer merch. Thorhammer.bandcamp.com for all Thorhammer merch, or I would prefer this actually. Message me directly any way you see fit Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, ThorhammerHeavyMetal at gmail.com. T shirts and new patches all available directly from us. You can show off your impeccable taste to your family this Christmas or this New Year's, or even at the Onyx S Studios, uh, Spider Balls House Party, coming up soon. Let me know. Very, very uh, affordable Thorhammer merch. All right, as I said, we're going to get into some Nays Drum history here. 
This will be part five, and uh, we haven't had a Nasdrum History episode since episode 37. Damn. It's insane that um, we've almost doubled our episode count since then. This is episode 68. So, uh, let's jump back into this uh, timeline here. When we left off, uh, I had talked about being in the band Irie, and we were close approaching the breakup of said band. And uh, I, I did want to get one of the guys from the band from Irie on the show to discuss it with them. Coffee is wonderful today. I wanted to get one of the guys in the band to discuss it with them on here, but um, I, you know, I pretty much never see them, and almost as infrequently talk to them. So I'm going to take this opportunity to dive into this subject, and um, I w- I keep an eye, uh, open dialogue and an open mind to anything related to this stuff and anytime they want to talk to me or be on this show they're more than welcome to none of this none of these things are you know they're they're only the way that I see them so if they want to dispute anything they're more than welcome to with me and and um I would love to honestly but th- this is just how I saw it and how I experienced it. So, let's begin. Uh, I watched a new documentary about Rush last night. And Getty has a quote right near the beginning. It, well, the documentary is called Time Stand Still, and I highly recommend it to anybody, any music fan. Even a casual rock and roll fan. Um... This is the quote, and it's not it's not exact, but it's as I remember it from last night. He says, You join bands when you're a kid. The band is the thing you have that helps you deal, deal with and escape from your life as a teen and the overall awfulness of being young. It's the one thing you got really good at. It becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. And uh, that really touched me and rang, rang true to me. As previously previously stated on other uh, on on other Nays Drum History episodes, I was in a terribly tough time as I was joining Irie. It started as a way for me to escape and get back to what I needed. Um, And as with most things in life, it came with the uh, with the other side of the coin, the the negatives of it, which were the expected, um, and I expected this, the heightened frequency of um, drug use, which was alcohol and um, weed, 
which uh, both of those uh, highly stigmatized and uh, if if used responsibly, not that big of a deal. But I had absolutely zero self-control and I already had an issue with these things. I had struggled with them and um, I've been to therapy and um, and had a lot of family problems because of it. Uh, and, and that is the foundation for me joining in is, is all of this turmoil. And, uh, I, you know, and I viewed as, as doing that stuff, those, those extracurricular activities with the band and with all that entire group of friends as part and parcel with the experience. So, I saw no problem with it, and um, even even as I was struggling very, very hard, I uh, with the idea of of losing touch with my family and all that kind of stuff. I felt like at the time that weed and alcohol used in excess was was just uh what i was gonna do and there was not even not even my closest and most beloved family could convince me otherwise at the time my my closeness with my friends took precedence and because i was spending so much time with them it felt like that was the right move in hindsight it wasn't um but at the time, you know, it's a, it's you had to live and and let live and fit and figure out things as you go. But uh, skipping forward over the years, um, with Irie, gigs were often sporadic. Some better than others, of course, depending on our frequency of practices. Should be noted that. Our fans were our group of friends, and uh, for the most part, it never really expanded much further outside of our outside of our uh, friends. So, you know, that is always a goal that a uh, a serious band should have. Is uh, and you know, not saying that Irie is completely serious or anything, but. A goal that a band should have is to grow their fan base always. So um, it should be noted that that was not happening. Um, in 2008, so about four years into my uh, time in IRE, I quit my job as a cook at a nursing home. Uh, Tony and I had bonded while being co-workers there. And it boosted our friendship in that time and really helped hold the band together and make me feel like things were uh, going okay still. Um, Outside of band practice or partying, I never saw much of the guys. But that's what, you know, but partying was pretty much my life, so... Yes, I did see them in that sense, but I didn't see them in the sense that 
we were hanging out as friends and as uh, partners. Um, it's around this time in my job search that I start to find, start to view the band's role in my life a little differently. Uh, I start to question more often and more fervently the decisions we've made as a band and why things aren't growing. Some examples of this, uh, you know, the general, like, why am I still putting myself so out there for this band? Is there a better opportunity out there possibly somewhere? Can I afford to do this anymore? Financially, I was pretty much in ruins. I had zero money to my name. Uh, are we really friends anymore? Are we just bandmates? Because there is a difference. No, this week off really worked, man. Anyway, uh, I was out of a job for the longest time I've ever been out of a job. It's very unlike me to quit a job, actually. Uh, I just felt like I was going nowhere at that place, and they treated me like garbage. So anyway, start my new job on overnight at a factory, and uh, I really struggle with this transition of working uh, third shift, which for those who don't know, it uh, it starts around uh, 11 p.m., at that time, now I work an extra hour of overtime every day, so I start at 10 p.m., but uh, I, I get off work at 7.30 in the morning. So you have to kind of uh, adjust when you're going to sleep, and that is a very hard thing to figure out, especially at first. Um, but the struggle came with me still trying to cater to my friends, when I, when my focus should have been on my my everyday income and um, figuring out how I'm gonna make shit work in my daily life, band practice was a big factor in my struggle. Um, eventually, after about a year, maybe less, I told the guys I can't do the normal time and day, which is Tuesdays at like five o'clock p.m. It just isn't possible. I mean, how I figured it out now is I sleep from about one thirty, and this is all probably boring to you guys. But anyway, stick with me. Sleep from about one thirty p.m. to about nine p.m. So that would be right smack dab in the middle of the time when they would want to be band practicing, and this just wasn't working anymore. I was dead tired of practice. I was dead tired at work. It screwed up my schedule for the entire week, pretty much every time. And when I told them that I want, I'm swi- I can't do it anymore. I'm switching it up. We're gonna have to do weekend practices. Um, I couldn't help but feel ostracized by certain band members for it. In some ways, and never recovered from that uh, till the very end. Um, and that could, you know, I could be com- completely 
wrong about that, but I couldn't help but feel that way because I was the odd one out. I was the one that said, I can't do it. All the other guys were still wanting to do it. So if you're in that position, you're just going to feel like you're the odd man out because you are. Saturday practices, as expected, were infrequent uh, or non-existent or canceled at the last minute. I did my best for a couple for a couple of years. I str- I I I I really tried to make those happen. And I feel like I was the only one doing it, even that even cared. So you know, maybe that's just how I felt. My personal life is insane at this time as well. I had uh, girlfriend issues. Going, I was going way too far to help her and help friends. Um, and that comes with uh, trying to live as sober as possible. As you, when you're when you're friends are struggling you reach out to them because you're in a better place and you can afford can uh yeah i guess you can afford to not financially but uh in personally you can you have the ability to reach out so you should it's one of the main tenants But I'm trying, you know, this entire time I'm trying to live as sober as possible while juggling uh, relationships, family, and the band. And uh, all juggling all of this in a more responsible way is all new to me. So I'm, I'm making a lot of mistakes at this time. And the band, I'm sure, felt slighted and sometimes rightfully so. Um... I, you know, you can't, you certainly can't make everybody happy no matter how hard you want to or how hard you try to. People are going to feel wronged. People are, you know, going to feel like you're favoring other people in your life instead of them. In 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 being in bands and being involved in music, you you are passionate about what you do to a higher degree or to a lesser degree, but you the passion is still there. And I and I do I've done a lot um, for people in in uh, in any of the bands I've been in that I wouldn't do even for some of the some of my family members, you know. So, um they 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 are like my family and I and I'll, I die for them and I and I put it all out there for them. And it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. But uh anyway. My passion for playing music uh took a backseat to writing uh who I wanted to be as a human being. You, um,
you have to you have to really take stock in who you are sometimes when shit gets really rough and and uh it's 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 not it's never easy to do that to take an honest look at your life when it's when it's it's not going good is uh is extremely painful and hard to do ask anybody that's ever done it anybody that's thinks rationally that thinks uh honestly about the negativity that they allow or that happens regardless if they want it to or not in their life they'll tell you that it is not comfortable it is not it's hard Oh, let's see. So we're moving into the later years of being involved in IRE. 2009 to 2013. The band is uh, barely hanging on, honestly. Uh, I even requested a, a break from the band completely for a good three to four months during 2011, late 2011 something like that during that time I uh, focused on being sober spending more time with my loved ones and my family and um, when I came back and we had a practice or two and um, I didn't feel like things had become better um, practices were still pretty rare and for me I can only speak for me they felt pretty uninspired Still doing the same old thing. The one solace that I was able to find in the uh, in the last couple of shows was that they were good shows. Um, none of I don't think any of us knew that they 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 were gonna be our last shows either. Uh, you know, no, we didn't have any inkling. Or at least I didn't. I was so mixed up in my own head about what I wanted to do that I, you know, I didn't. I didn't think that things were going to end the way that they did. I think it's better that there our last shows weren't known to be our last shows. There's no pretense that way. There's there's no pretending that things are better than they are. We're just doing our thing. And, um, and, and music is pure that way. So I wouldn't have, I, I, I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't change it. February 2nd, 2013 at the heavy anchor on Gravoy was our last IRE gig played for a uh, very few fans, but they were passionate ones. I did have a wonderful time that night, and I remembered packing up my drums, and uh, we there was a surprise snow, light snow that evening, and it kind of colored the night in my memory. And, and I, you know, it's weird looking. It is weird looking back on it, but as I said, I would not change it think it was the right thing the the 
it, things happen away for for a reason i think and it would have been forced and strange if we had just gone out for one last hurrah or whatever at least in, in my estimation they would have Just under two months later, I was given an ultimatum via text message by Tony. More jamming and shows, or I would be replaced. As I had uh, already begun talks with Kyle about a, some kind of project, I wasn't sure if it would be Thor Hammer or not, neither of us were yet, but I told him I would rather, I told Tony I would rather try to focus on this new thing. Tony's really angry. But again, it was just a text message, so it was just many text messages, so it was weird. Um, hard to take it that way. I saw, uh, I, I did see in that time of fire in Kyle that had sort of been extinguished in Irie and, and, And it's not, it's just two different things. Um, it's hard to compare the experience one to the other. Um, but I, the passion was, was higher in, in, in Kyle than it was in the other guys. Um, and that, you know, of course, in hindsight, it's easy to say I made the right decision, but. I was just following my heart. And that's that's as uh, as deep as that goes. The blame for how things ended has been passed around over the last few years of inactivity, but I am done doing that. A couple years ago, Tony and I put the shit to bed. We ran into each other at a blues game and had a few words and they were positive words. I honestly have pretty much zero contact with the guys in Irie. Uh, It's mostly a product of my own constant need to be busy and work and be, uh, be as sober as possible. I I don't think that they are like that they were back then. And I don't think that they would I think it's mostly me. So I, you know, I'm I'm certainly not sliding them in any way. I love those guys. I I just feel like My life is full of so much stuff, and it's certainly not making excuses. I I love all of my friends throughout my life, and it's, um, it's hard to explain why friends come around, come in and out of your life, uh, I still love them to this day. I like to view life uh, as a constantly shifting 
game board or chess board where you you plan your moves but when everything is moving when the playing board is moving underneath your planned moves are all for naught they they don't mean anything so you so you change and shift as as things constantly move underneath you and um your plans pretty much mean nothing you so the best that you can do is uh stay true to yourself in the moment that you're in right this philosophy is kind of the basis for my entire life at least since I stopped being such an asshole. Sometimes I regress into that, but I like to think that I'm a better person today. Today, you, I, I'll do the best I can do for today. Like, that's that's all that that concept is. And um, to me, anything else is kind of foolish. Ugh. Thinking that you know more than you know, or thinking that you know where things are going to go, is uh, is a fool's game. You never, you're no, you'll never get anywhere that way. You just have to take it as it comes, and hope for the best, and enjoy each moment while you have it. Uh. That said, I am super proud of all the guys, Chris, Tony, and Jesse, have all uh, accomplished a lot in their personal and professional lives. Chris is a devoted devoted father and husband. Jesse is also a devoted husband. And Tony is an all-around amazing dude. They all are, uh, but he, Tony's still playing gigs with Moon Glampers and Nick Gusman. Uh... I'm absolutely proud of those dudes, and I love them to death. Uh, I view, I I do view my relationship with them with great regard, and uh, I always try to keep an open mind. And uh, I would love to have an open dialogue with them about anything. They they are all you know. As much as I explained a little bit ago that uh, I'm insanely busy, but they're always welcome in my life, and I'd love to have them on the show at some point. Chris has showed a little bit of interest in doing so. So, I'm, you know, it's bound to happen. I would love it to happen. Thanks, guys, for listening to this uh, introspective show. I appreciate everybody's support over the years of me and of my bands um and my chasing down this dream uh it would go it does it goes back to getty's quote that you join bands when you're a kid because things are shitty because Life as a kid is hard. 
And if you're lucky enough, you get to do it way beyond your your kid years, and you in into your teen years, and then into your which you're still a kid as a teen, by the way, and into your adult years, and you get to live this fantasy, this amazing experience, this amazing shared, beautiful experience. way beyond where people in uh, mainstream life expect you to. You make it happen. You chase down your fucking dreams. You chase down your deepest desires and bring them to fruition and it's bigger than you and I think that's a good place to end this thanks everybody for listening I'll see you next week Hopefully get a couple of guests. I might hit up a wrestling show, so I might have some uh, wrestling friends with me. Tim, roll that thing that is a song by a band that I have played drums for, yet to be determined. Here it comes. This next little thing we're about to get into is about one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. That's the Vegas Boy, Ric Flair, this son is all the Crimson Man.
Welcome to another episode of On the Road with Thor Hammer. Nope. 